Introducing the new Poloniex trading system. Now with 30 times faster order matching, 10 times faster transactions, an enhanced user interface, and even more comprehensive features. Trade like a pro on Poloniex. For more information, visit poloniex.com now. Eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting Chainalysis.com slash the scoop now. This episode is brought to you by IWC. IWC Schaffhausen is a Swiss luxury watch manufacturer based in Schaffhausen, Switzerland. Known for its unique engineering approach to watchmaking, IWC combines the best of human craftsmanship and creativity with cutting edge technology and processes. Discover the full collection at IWC.com or download the IWC app to experience a virtual try-on now. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblockcrypto.com slash terms dash service. Hi everyone, welcome to the NFT Scoop. I'm M. Kiminoilov, your source for all things NFTs, gaming, and metaverse here at The Block. In this episode, we're talking with Leslie Silverman, head of Web3 at United Talent Agency, or UTA. UTA is a talent representative that represents the top talents in Hollywood. Leslie has been at UTA since 2015. For the past seven years, she has been acting as the bridge between artists and Web3 on behalf of UTA. Most notably, UTA has helped American music artists launch NFT projects in March of 2021 and now represents NFT projects like Deadfellas and CryptoPunks. So Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on NFT Scoop. And well, I'm happy to have a conversation with you today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So Leslie, I'm curious. I know UTA helped its client Halsey first launch an NFT in March of 2021. I was rather struck by that because that seemed very early in sort of the, the NFT mania of 2021. So tell me about the conversations, the push to do that in such an early time. Well, you know, UTA has been monitoring everything in the blockchain space for years. We were looking at the space as early as 2016, 2017 around ICOs. And we started paying even closer attention at the end of 2020, going into 2021. I think we were all paying attention to what was happening in the NFT space in large part because of NBA Top Shot and the sort of crazy rise of fan NFTs alongside the ascendance of art-based NFTs. And we even earlier than the Halsey drop, which was in March of 2021, we announced to the world that we were getting into the digital assets space formally as an agency. And so we formalized that department, which is now called UTA Web3, in January of 2021 and announced it to the world in February. So, you know, we benefited from that early and quick move into the space. Uh, we got to meet a lot of the key players in the space at the time. And so when Halsey came to us and said, I have this 
incredible art project that I worked on during the pandemic that I'd be interested in releasing via NFTs, we had relationships in place so as to be able to help her to access the NFT space in a really meaningful way. And that project was incredible because she was authentically a visual artist and through NFTs, she was able to have tools to release her art to hundreds of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And now UTA represents NFT specific brands like Deadfellas and CryptoPunks. So tell me, moving from helping an individual launch an NFT project, how is it different managing Web3 brands? I will say that we technically no longer represent CryptoPunks. We represent Larva Labs. So Matt and John and their business, which are the original creators of CryptoPunks. There was a big shift in in ownership at the beginning of this year where Yuga Labs purchased the IP. But Matt and John are these extraordinary creators. And so when I first saw CryptoPunks and learned about their history, I saw them as these iconic symbols that would ultimately become a household name because of their prominence in the NFT space, but also just because of their covetability. That covetability led to a community of really powerful people who were working together and creating this really amazing community in Web3. And that was sort of the template upon which a lot of other projects have launched. So this idea that there would be a 10,000 piece project, which is now called a 10K, and, and it's very commonly used in the NFT space, you know, that number was somewhat of an arbitrary decision for Matt and John. And so I think that today what you're seeing is that CryptoPunks were this legacy upon which new projects have been created. And with respect to how we think about projects, you know, Deadfellas, we signed Deadfellas for a number of reasons, including how much we could see the art showing up as a global brand across media, but also primarily because of the founding team. So Betty and Syke, who are the leaders of Deadfellas, are extraordinary leaders in the Web3 space. And Betty, obviously one of the rare few female leaders in the space. And I just loved the way she was showing up. So that and you know their purpose and their connection to their community, that's a project that I believe really understands who their community are and what they want. And you know, as with any brand, whether it's in the Web3 space or otherwise, an understanding of your community and the ability to give your fans exactly what they need in an authentic way is always a signal for success. So, you know, I will say one example of that is just seeing the Deadfellas team come together and put on this extraordinary event at NFT NYC. It was incredible to be there. You know, UTA had a hand in supporting that activation and seeing the Deadfellas brand come to life and how their community reacted because the founders painstakingly curated every piece of that event to meet the needs of their community. And as far as serving them, you know, Princess Nokia, who's also a client of UTA, on stage for the first time in a long time and to see their community just go absolutely crazy over this, this icon uh, was incredible to see. And so we work with 
now I'll get to answer your question. We work with a brand in the NFT space, similarly to how agencies have historically worked with any type of traditional IP. We expand possibilities, we create opportunities, and we form relationships across the media space with the end result being content that gets global eyeballs. And I think that's that's how we see our position in the space is really as that connector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said something insightful on a panel at South by Southwest this year. You mentioned that the creators in the NFT space right now resemble early YouTubers in 2009, 2010. So I just thought that was very fascinating in terms of how these people need representation in order to bring their brands, to your point, to a global stage. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I will say is that UTA as an agency has been extraordinarily proactive about setting up verticals in these new media spaces. So we were the first to get to scale in podcasting. We were the first to set up a dedicated digital talent division. At the sort of advent of YouTube, we had this you know, thesis that there would be creators that would have YouTube as their medium, and they wouldn't necessarily be your traditional creator. They wouldn't be the biggest celebrity. They would be a new creator, and that those creators would need representation. And that is certainly how we see this space. Absolutely. Yeah. Just helping your clients expand their products, their product offerings, and how they are viewed in the public eyes is definitely interesting. I know one of your clients, Paris Hilton, uh, recently had a collaboration with The Sandbox. So tell me about the process and how that went. So it's interesting because The Sandbox has been this metaverse property much talked about and, you know, future game. And I have been really impressed by getting to know the team there and how they have executed some really interesting talent partnerships. And so they approached Paris about participating in an event and, you know, in true Paris fashion, because she has really been thinking about the metaverse before the metaverse even existed, um, before there was a Roblox and a Sandbox. She has now entered into a partnership with Sandbox that will be a 360 experience for her fans and her community. And I think it's going to be really extraordinary to watch what that partnership becomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And pulling that thread of partnerships and choosing clients to work with, tell me what sort of decisions go in with choosing specific projects? For example, Larva Labs at the time, Dead Fellas currently, and why not other projects that are popular blue chip projects? So we have really incredible clients at UTA, whether it's creating an authentic pairing between one of our traditional talent clients. You know, we represent talent across almost every vertical you can imagine in media. So partnering them with a Web3 partner that makes authentic sense, that happens often. Or whether it's signing a Web3 native client, we're looking for uniqueness, we're looking for higher thinking, we're looking for purpose, and we're looking for authenticity in the space. You know, we're still in the early days of what this technology is capable of doing. And so we're constantly looking to the space to tell us how we can use the tools. And so when we see individuals or projects using the tools in really meaningful, kind of thought forward ways, that's what attracts us to entering into a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super fascinating. The NFT space, just to step back and offer my own perspective, as a reporter trying to to tackle all the stories that are happening, everything is moving so quickly. It almost seems to be like regulators and the people who would be on the sidelines sort of watching tend to be almost left behind. From your background as a lawyer, do you have any like outstanding questions about the space or how do you view it with that background that you have? Well, I think I have a different lens on the space for two reasons. One is that I practiced law for some years. And the other is that my background is in art. And so the reason I was pulled in to what was happening in the NFT space in the first place was this idea that creators could participate in their secondary market royalties via the smart contract. And that was a revolutionary realization. I have looked at artist resale royalties in the art world, first as a lawyer and then as an agent representing visual artists and protecting artists' IP and protecting artists' interest in their careers. And the fact that you know this technology could solve for that question is extraordinary. So I think that is my biggest light bulb moment about the NFT space is that there are so many reasons now through which NFTs can restore power to the original creator. But that big one is this idea that smart contracts can enable the ability to participate in your long tail royalties or recurring revenue over time. So I think that has been a big awakening and something that I'm very excited about our clients being able to have access to. Yeah, let's expand on that. What other reasons do clients bring to you about why they're excited by Web3? So it's interesting. I I think a lot of people are curious. Outside of our clients, just if you think globally about this conversation, there are sort of two sides of the field. There's the skeptics and the curious. And then there's a lot of people who are somewhere in between. And, you know, often our clients come to us because they're forward thinking. They're always looking for the next way to engage with their fans. And those are the best conversations because if there's an authentic need or an authentic reason to be in the Web3 space and to build a side of one's career through Web3 tools, then there's a real opportunity to be great partners to one another entering this space. I would be remiss if I didn't say that certainly people do reach out and say, I heard you can, you know, be really profitable in this space. They're reading the same headlines we're all reading. So we always begin the conversation with the why. Right now, the tools that are available make a lot of things possible. And we've seen a lot of creative approaches to using NFTs to do everything from financing content, creating community around content and distribution of content. And I think we're going to see that for years to come and in more sophisticated ways that make the appearance of Web3 less complex. But for today, you really need to have an authentic relationship to the tools that are available in order for a project to maintain success long term. I do think that in the future, our clients are going to see Web3 as, you know, important a vertical as, you know, their core practice. Sure. Leslie, yeah, you mentioned your background in law and art. I'm curious to hear about both have 
affected your how you move through UTA and Web3 talent representation? So I think the biggest thing is that I'm no stranger to setting up new businesses at a talent agency. When we announced our fine arts division at UTA in 2015, we became the first talent agency to have an established practice focused on fine arts and visual artists. And in a lot of ways, when I practiced art law in the early days, it felt a lot like how the Web3 space feels today. It was a bit wild, wild westy, and a lot of things were happening at a rapid clip and without much formality. And so I think my lens on what's happening in the Web3 space is very much informed, not just by the legal side of things, but also by the creative history that I have spent a lot of time in. And so I'm really looking for, you know, when it comes to representation, artists who are going to move the space forward. You know, I'm really proud of the roster of talent that we have signed in Web3 because it is diverse and there are a lot of women on that roster. And I think that in a lot of ways, the Web3 space has begun to repeat some of the mistakes of the contemporary art world. And so I know that just as quickly as everything happens in the Web3 space, we'll move quickly to correct some of those missteps. And our clients are definitely going to be the ones to do that. And so I'm excited to see that shift. Introducing the new Poloniex trading system with 30 times faster order matching, 10 times faster transactions, an enhanced user interface, and even more comprehensive features. Trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and over 30 other perpetual swap contracts with up to 100x leverage on Poloniex futures and earn staking rewards on a variety of tokens. Trade like a pro on Poloniex. For more information, visit poloniex.com now. Are you eager to make more informed decisions around crypto using data you can trust? Chainalysis is here to help. Chainalysis demystifies cryptocurrency by providing industry-leading compliance, market intelligence, and investigation support for all crypto assets for organizations like Gemini, Crypto.com, and BlockFi. Gain unparalleled visibility and maximize your potential with the leading blockchain data platform by visiting chainalysis.com slash the scoop now. This episode is brought to you by IWC. IWC Schaffhausen is known for continually innovating within the world of Swiss watchmaking. A pioneer in the use of titanium and ceramics, IWC today specializes in highly engineered watch cases manufactured from advanced materials such as colored ceramics, ceritanium, and titanium aluminide. This year's collection includes colored ceramic pieces in Lake Tahoe white and woodland green. Discover the new collection at IWC.com or download the IWC app to experience a virtual try-on now. If I can just reflect on the conversation that we're having now, a recurring theme is forward thinking, energy, and using this technology for creative purposes. Yeah, I just find that very fascinating in terms of what UTA is doing. Thank you. Yeah. You mentioned in a prior talk that 
your experience in the art world has affected how you view the NFT space. And from that, that has affected how UTA has uh, moved in this industry. So tell me more about that. How do you view the NFT space? So originally my thought was NFTs are going to empower visual artists and folks who make collectible projects to create in a new medium, to have an audience for that medium, and to participate in their long tail revenue. And I think that is still very, very true. And how my focus has expanded as a result of really the profound innovation that's happening in the Web3 space is that we now, as an agency, believe that across media. So art and collectibles was a jumping off point and certainly my taste in the art and collectibles side of things in the nft space is informed by you know my history in the art world and also i really have expanded and and the agency has really expanded thinking to how is this space going to drive forward how we think about the financing of the creation of community around and the distribution of content and i think all of those things are going to come into play so i think you know, what started as a very specific viewpoint on the space has really expanded into a broad sort of openness of what possibilities will be. Yeah, absolutely. What are you seeing in the NFT space that excites you? Oh, so much. So I think we, you know, early days, we were looking at fan-driven collectibles, we were looking at art, and then we moved into this era of, a bunch of experiments. Uh, I saw a New York Times article minted as an NFT and this sort of meme culture that rose. And then on the heels of that, we saw this wave in the creation of and sale of hundreds, if not thousands of PFP projects. And now we're in a new space, I think necessarily because of the market conditions we are in this space of building. And so what I'm excited about is the number of projects I've seen try to address this bigger idea of media and content and how we disintermediate the creator and their superfan. And we're going to start to see tools that actually make that possible, as opposed to the big promises that the space has been making about the ability to do this. I think we're going to see a lot of new companies, new tools emerge. And so we're keeping a very close eye on those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned how this is a period of building because of the broader market downturn. Aside from building and the projects that are project founders that are now being heads down working on their product, how do broader market conditions affect talent representation in Web3? So I think that this is a time when I have seen really earnest ideas come to life. So our creators, our traditional talent and our Web3 talent start to buckle down and think about how to deploy long-term, scalable, repeatable projects through Web3 tools. And that is really exciting. And the other thing that I've seen you know, we as an agency, because of our market intel, have been able to work with a number of brands, both Web2 native brands who are looking to enter into the Web3 space in meaningful and thoughtful ways, and Web3 native brands. So I'm talking companies and traditional brands. And what I've seen during this building period and the broader market conditions is that 
certainly when it comes to Web2 brands, they are doubling down. They are using this time as a moment to catch up. They felt that you know they were lagging behind if they weren't in, and, and they're right. They were lagging behind if they weren't in. And so we are seeing this renewed interest from Web2 brands who are looking to access this space. And I'm really encouraged and excited by that. And we are very lucky to get to work with some of those brands and helping navigate their either continued moves in the Web3 space or the beginning of their connection to Web3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just reflecting on the vigor and the vigor in building that market downturns spur I imagine that when the market conditions do eventually go up, we're going to be seeing new projects and projects that are very exciting for people in the space. But I know for people outside the space, NFTs still have a sort of reputation and can cause a lot of backlash for people who still launch them. So how does that negative viewpoint of NFTs or Web3 in general affect talent representation for UTA? Well, I think that not every creator needs to be in the NFT space today. We have really focused on helping to launch projects that have an authentic tie to the tools that are available in the Web3 space. And so, you know, if there is a negative sentiment from a creator, they're not coming to us and saying, how do I launch my NFT project? And that's okay. That is completely acceptable. Focus on working on your television project or your new album. That's that's great. I think this is a moment where the wheat is separated from the chaff and you're starting to see these voices emerge. I just had a phone call the other day with talent management, a traditional creator from our music vertical who is excited about tokenizing in a real way their fan community. And they are looking to deploy that idea across multiple tools that are available to them in the Web3 space. And that's the kind of work that we're going to get into with our clients. And so I think that's the biggest piece of how the broader conditions affect our business. We are seeing you know, those who authentically want to enter into the space jump in anyway. And those who maybe want to write this off as you know, a fad of you know, 2021 into 2022, and it's over now. And now I don't have to figure out this very complex thing. We'll see them slip away from their interest, at least for the time being. So I think this is a point of differentiation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You bring up an interesting point. We've been mostly talking about NFTs. This is the NFT scoop. I report on NFTs for the block. But you mentioned fan tokens and other types of tools in Web3. Any other tools in Web3 that you're seeing your clients use that excite you? So it's interesting. We've had a lot of early conversations with clients around the idea of fan tokens or social tokens, and we definitely are keeping an eye on that, and we have clients who are curious about it. I think that the broader ecosystem of Web3 offers so many tools outside of NFTs, and we are looking very closely at things like DAOs and how DAOs form and how ideas come to life through DAO creation. And we represent a couple of DAOs. I don't know if any of them have been publicly announced yet, but we're working really closely with 
these communities that have formed around ideas, around media, around projects. And we have a lot of clients who are interested in using that tool to launch new media and launch content. And I think that's that's going to be more and more the norm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And even looking beyond Web3 to encompass more technology, the metaverse has been very interesting to me. How do you think talent representation will look with this new technology of the metaverse? I will say we have already done deals for clients of ours like Grimes to DJ on a floating diamond during Metaverse Fashion Week through her avatar. And we're going to continue to see really innovative ways for, especially on the music side, there's so much that can happen, you know, through the Metaverse and through our clients engaging with avatars and participating in Metaverse spaces. So I'm really excited to see how all of these things shape up. We've done a number of partnerships with Sandbox, we mentioned earlier, and Decentraland and you know, even outside of blockchain-based metaverses, you know, we've been in business with Roblox previously. And so, yeah, we're, we're definitely curious and our clients are curious and we're doing business in these spaces as well. It's interesting to me that to your point of Grimes DJing on a, like in a virtual space, it's, it's not only the client, but it's also the fans can be physically in the space with their, with their favorite celebrity as well. Yeah. How do you think the fan experience aside from social tokens is going to change with Web3? Oh, it's only going to get better. I think that right now the fan experience, I mean, I've certainly tried to navigate in several metaverse spaces, for example, and run into walls. Like there are pieces of this that are not beautifully ironed out yet and feel a little clunky. Some of the companies that I've met with that are building, you know, essentially lifelike metaverse spaces, they get me really curious and and how I think that things are going to evolve very quickly as they do. And I think that our clients are going to be more and more interested in how they expand into other ways of thinking about performance, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that the space is evolving so quickly. As someone who is the bridge between the evolution of Web3 and your clients, like, how do you keep abreast with everything that's happening? Uh, I have, first of all, an amazing team. And we spend a lot of time together just sharing intel. I've been very fortunate to be able to welcome executives onto the team who are continuing to move forward our efforts in the space. I mean, personally, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a ton. I am following all of the kind of accounts of Web3 Instagram, Twitter, I follow the blog across all verticals. I now follow MK, um, I follow you. (laughs) And, you know, there's just so much to consume. The other thing I will say is I'm reading a book by our client, Matthew Ball, called The Metaverse. Yeah. And I think that's required reading for all of us. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I I interviewed Matthew Ball. I got an events copy of the book. We talked about the metaverse. So it's interesting to have that degree of separation from you, <laughs> I guess, uh, before before now, of course. I love that. <laughs> so I guess going forward, like, what do you think the future looks like in this space? I think that at some point in the future, we will be thinking about Web3 the way we think about the internet. And what I mean by that is that these tools will be such a part of 
our everyday lives and our everyday experience. And for creators especially, they will be a part of how they speak directly to their fans, their collectors, their followers, that we won't talk about it as if it's a separate technology from what we do. And I don't know how long, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know how long it will be before that happens, but that is what I see the future as. Yeah, it's very fascinating. In my conversation with Matthew Ball as well, it was very illuminating to just hear how the metaverse goes beyond these digital spaces, as I had been thinking about before. It's, it goes beyond just having an avatar. It is a new internet, a new internet experience, a new online experience that allows your body to be present in it, not just your eyeballs or clicks or whatever. So yeah, just just to offer, there's no question. <laughs> it's just my personal, it's just my personal take on that. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. I think it's going to be such a part of how creators talk to their fans. And I think there's a lot of, you know, distrust in traditional platforms. And so there's this huge opportunity for the tools that Web3 is bringing forth to, you know, onboard the next generation of creators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ball mentions that video games will be one of the main pathways that sort of non-crypto native or non-Web3 native people will use to onboard onto the metaverse. But I think it'll also be celebrities. It'll also be like high profile artists, musicians that are in the metaverse that will bring their fans onto that experience. So I think talent representation what the, and what UTA is doing is also very important for bringing that future of the metaverse as envisioned, making that a reality. I think the gaming space would say that the metaverse has already existed for years. For sure. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I will say in terms of how we keep abreast of everything is that we have a huge cross-departmental team at UTA, individuals from almost every department of the agency who come together on a regular basis to talk about what they're seeing as trends in the space, and that includes colleagues in our gaming divisions. And... I think that's, you know, a sentiment that they've brought to me is that the gaming space believes that this has existed for years and we're not reinventing the wheel. But I think you're right. And I also would say yes to gaming, yes to traditional talent. So celebrities, for sure, we've already seen the power of what a handful of celebrities can do to onboard the next hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm excited to see who will onboard the next hundreds of millions of people into blockchain-based applications. But don't underestimate that native community, especially in the NFT space. I've been so blown away by the creators who are being born of this new technology. And I'm excited to see how they onboard the next hundreds of millions of people. And they're the coolest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's such a fascinating point about how this current generation will will grow up uh, with digital collectibles sort of on Roblox in NFT-based games and blockchain-based games. But also, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a niece in October. Uh, maybe my niece. Me too. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, Scorpios, we love them. <laughs> yeah, like our nieces will grow up perhaps being embodied in a digital space. So the way I... I had Snapchat in high school. Maybe they'll be like, oh, you're not on this. You don't have your avatar yet. Like, come on, like you're lame, stuff like that. It's just, it's crazy to see where this technology could go and, and how it could impact uh, future generations. Yeah, there's, it's a lot to take in. 
I completely agree. And what an interesting connection that we both have. Uh, it will be my first niece Same. will be born in October. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. We'll, we'll have that shared experience. But it's true. I think that, you know, 10 year olds, 15 year olds today, they don't differentiate between ownership of physical goods and ownership of digital goods in the way that you or I maybe do. You know, owning something in their favorite game is akin to ownership of their lunchbox or their, you know, handbag um, as they get older. And so I think you're right about that. I think that because of this early training, we're going to see less of a barrier to entry. Young people won't be focused on the complexities, for example, of onboarding into decentralized technologies. They'll just do it because the thing that they want is there and that thing might be digital and that's okay. Yeah, well, Leslie, I'm sure you and I could just chat for hours about Web3, where it's going, talent, representation, but unfortunately, it's hard to say, but we must depart. <laughs> You've been a great guest. Once again, this was Leslie Silverman, head of Web3 at United Talent Agency. Leslie, thank you so, so much for joining the show. I hope we can continue to do this for years to come. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Once again, I'm MK Manoilov, a reporter for The Block. You can check out more of The Block's NFT coverage at theblock.co, and you can check me out at, at mmanoilov on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time for the latest on NFT Scoop with me, MK Manoilov. Take care.